Hi everyone, my name is Ryan Alexander and I serve as the lead pastor at Hosanna. As we've been saying for years, we believe the Lord led you here. And we hope that what you hear today will encourage you to take a step forward in your faith journey and help you look more like Jesus. After today's message, I encourage you to download the Hosanna app for more opportunities to connect and grow. Here's today's message. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to all those joining us at our campuses, those who are worshiping with us online. We believe that the Lord has something good for you today and that he's drawn you to our time of worship for a particular purpose. My name is Perrin Nielsen, and as you've just heard, uh, we have a great opportunity to bless partner ministries like Breakthrough Ministries in Minneapolis, Lead Star in Ethiopia through our Thanksgiving offering. At all of our campuses, our ushers are gonna be coming forward at this time to encourage your big giving right now and we want to encourage that not only through the baskets that are being passed, but if you'd like, you can give online as well through our app or by texting Hosanna Give to 94000. Note, if you give online, please check the box for the Thanksgiving offering so all of the Thanksgiving offering is received. If you typically give um, through the mail, uh, please just note Thanksgiving offering in that way as well. Church, Let's come together and give joyfully and generously for the sake of these kingdom ministry partners. All right, now would you please join me in welcoming our great friend and partner in ministry, Dr. Gemetius Buba. Good morning. It is a joy and a privilege, an amazing experience to be with you. And what a joy to witness all these baptisms. And baptism in the beginning and uh, the body and the blood of Jesus at the end of the service and the word of God. We get the whole service today. Give him glory in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. We get the whole experience and the whole presence of Jesus Christ in this place. And uh, this summer, when the young people came from Hosanna to see our ministry in Ethiopia, they saw me preaching without a suit. And they said, when you come back to Hosanna, you have to get rid of your suit. <laughs> so today, I am dressed according to the prescription given to me. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. One time I was a pastor in Atlanta, Georgia, and the congregation that I was in, people from all over the world was, were in that congregation, and one time they decided to buy me a robe, a big, shiny robe, and it was silver and big and good, and I liked it, and I started to carry it around, and one time I took it to Texas with me, and I preached in Texas with that robe, there was one elderly woman in that congregation who was attending that service, and she wrote to my professor, my professor who is now in heaven now, Ed Schroeder, and she said, your student, Gamechis, preached a sermon. And then the rest of the letter was all about the robe, how nice the robe was, how big the robe was, how shiny the robe was, and everything. And then he wrote one statement just back to her, and he said, Tell that Gamaches to focus on the text and not on the textile. <laughs> <laughs> S 
It is such an amazing, amazing uh, witness for me. Nothing gives me more joy than to see baptism happening in the house of the Lord Jesus Christ and young people giving their life to Jesus and coming to Christ. That's happening all over the world. The Holy Spirit is in the move. The gospel of Jesus Christ is unstoppable. And through the support that you give us, Lead Star Ministries is now growing widely. We have been producing leaders and pastors for churches throughout the world, particularly in the Middle East, including some forbidden countries. God is raising up leaders even in those nations. And I have done underground ministry in those countries, and I've been there twice. God willing, I'll be back in January for the third graduation of pastors in a place where Christianity is forbidden. God is just moving in there and raising up leaders. Hallelujah. 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 And I give thanks to the ministry and leadership of Pastor Ryan and Jen and Per and all the other leaders who are leading here and for inviting me back. You've been in a series of tough topics with Jesus. Tough topics with Jesus. And... I'm given the last topic before the end of this series, and the topic given to me is a topic of revenge. And this is a word that gets in people's relationships. Our God has created us to multiply, to be fruitful, to grow, and to fill the earth in all aspects of our life. But there are a lot of people who are stuck in their life. They're not making progress. They're not making change. They're not seeing results. Year after year, new year after new year, sometimes our life is stuck. Maybe it's because of a bad relationship, bitterness, anger, retaliation, emotional tightness. And sometimes we've been inflicted with pain and people have caused us harm. Or maybe we have done that, and the Holy Spirit is convicting us, but we are not willing to forgive or to receive forgiveness, or to forgive or to ask for forgiveness. Because of that, sometimes we find ourselves in a vicious cycle of revenge. Globally, the world is going through chaotic time. You look through Eastern Europe, in Ukraine, in Russia, in the Middle East, in Israel, in Palestine, in Africa, in Sudan, and in Yemen, and in Syria, in all over the world, there is war going on, attack and conflict. And everybody is doing that because of the topic of revenge. People are just mad and angry and bitter, and they want to pay back and take action. Personally, I grew up in a country that has been taken by this cycle of revenge. The year I was born in 1975, August, Emperor Haile Selassie, who was the king of Ethiopia, was deposed by the communist regime. They killed the king, and they killed 60 people in his cabinet in one day. One of the most educated group of people. They just wiped them out. Revenge. And then that group ruled Ethiopia for 17 years, and another group came and took those people who killed the previous regime and killed them. 
in over and over now, four times, I have witnessed that in my own country. Revenge is a poison. Revenge is a curse. Revenge is a bondage. Revenge is something that is contrary to the will of God and to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, turning to the scripture, the book of Matthew, where Jesus speaks about the topic of revenge, Matthew chapter 5, where Jesus did his Sermon on the Mount, verse 38, Jesus speaks a Jesus way or a different way of dealing with this. This is what Jesus says. You have heard that it was said, eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, he's now proposing a completely different way. A Jesus way, a higher way, a new way, a completely different way. He says, yeah, you have heard eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, but I'm telling you a completely different way. He said, do not resist an evil person. If anyone, he's saying, if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. Radical. A radical Departure from what we hear in the law or in the philosophy or in history or in culture or in the norm of life. A complete departure. And we call it the Jesus way. Do not revenge. He says, do not revenge. Do not retaliate. Do not give back what you are given. Do not attack when you are attacked. This is radical. This is difficult. This is hard for people to take. It is not something that you are going to do through human will, human power, human experience, or human action. This is done when the grace of God takes over our life. Now, I want to deal with this topic from two different angles. From the angle of creation and from the angle of redemption. But before we dig deep, shall we pray and ask the Holy Spirit to teach us and to open our hearts so that we can receive these words. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we profess and we confess that we are broken human beings. We are caught in this different circle and cycle of difficult broken relationships. Now I pray that you think through my mind and speak through my mouth and allow your Holy Spirit and allow your word and allow your will to light and to shine and to flow into this room. Use this moment for your glory and speak to our heart and change our heart. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray and the people of God said, Hey, a little louder. I know you don't like the topic, but you just have to say amen. <laughs> wow. From the angle of creation, when we were created, God has placed two wings on us so that we can fly. And those two wings are given to us by the word of God. On one side, he told us what to do. Go and multiply and take care of nature. Take care of one another. Be about business. Just work. And he has given talent and gift. That is what turns into profession, vocation, 
business, vision, activity, duty, all the things that we love to do. And that is our living. And he gave us work to do. That is one wing. But on the other wing, he said, be in relationship with God, be in relationship with yourself, be in relationship with family, be in relationship with church, and be in relationship with neighbors. Five layers of relationship. Once you take care of those two, then you can fly through life. Some people are meticulous and very diligent about the task and duty given to them. Professionals making money, making progress in their life, acquiring things. They are just progressing and successful in this aspect of their life. But relationship is hollow and shallow and broken and aching. Some people are very good in this area and not good in this area. But God has called us, now every morning you get up. Make sure that those two wings are flying and properly working so that we can fly through life. Then we, 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 when we were created, relationship and responsibility. But we are broken human beings. And our both wings have problem. Relationship has been poisoned. Relationship with God, broken. Relationship with ourselves, broken. There are a lot of people who hate themselves, who don't accept themselves. They don't forgive themselves. They even go to the extent of killing themselves. Relationship with family. Satan in the 20s and 21st century is totally attacking family, marriage, Kids, family is under attack more than nations, governments, businesses, human vision, ministry, church. Satan is going after family. We have to be aware of that. And relationship within the church and relationship in the world. And God says, take care of that relationship. But that has been poisoned. Revenge, retaliation, bitterness, anger. And people are dealing with that all the time. But the purpose of God's creation in the book of Genesis chapter 2 verse 18. The Bible clearly says it is not good for a man to live alone. That is a rule and a declaration of God against us living a lonely life. We are created to live with each other. But when we live with each other. We deal with a lot of broken human beings in every aspect of our life. One time, a church invited me to teach on biblical marriage. I said, biblical marriage. So, Bible and marriage. So I went to the Bible and tried to find a perfect marriage so that I can use as an example. And started from Adam and Eve. Oh, no, no, no. And then go to... Abraham and Sarah, oh, there is a problem. And then I went to Jacob, oh my God, oh, I just, let me find another one. I, I went even to David and I said, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I couldn't find a perfect example. If you are looking for a perfect man or a perfect woman or a perfect marriage, you don't even find it in the Bible. It is written for a reason, which means your chance and your opportunity is to glide through life with grace, understanding, forgiveness, 
and more forgiveness and more forgiveness and more forgiveness. Hallelujah. Amen. Not long ago, I was doing mission work in South Africa, Johannesburg and Cape Town. When we were in Cape Town, my family were with me and we took our family to Reuben Island where Nelson Mandela spent 27 years in prison. A small room, only a small window where they were given food. And then they were taken and we saw a place where they were doing hard labor under the heat of the Cape of Africa. 27 years. Can you imagine a man came out declaring forgiveness? Even Archbishop Desmond Tutu wrote a book and declared, there is no future without forgiveness. If you want to have a future for marriage, for friendship, for relationship, for joy for yourself, I beg you before you jump into 2024, make a resolution to forgive and to be forgiven and to have the freedom to continue. And then when we go from the creation point of view into the redemption point of view, Jesus now talks about this tough topic of revenge and relationship. The Bible comes out and openly, plainly, in such a clear language, do not revenge. Do not revenge. Because that revenge takes you into that vicious cycle of broken relationship. Pain is inflicted on me, I'm going to inflict more pain. People make me angry, I'm going to even make them angry. People attack me, I'm going to attack them. And if you start getting into that life, a non-stop vicious cycle of broken relationship. But in Matthew 5, as we see, Jesus says, there is a different way. There is a higher way. There is a more powerful way. There is a grace way. And in that, he says clearly, if someone or if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. Very, very difficult topic to deal with. But what does Jesus mean when he says this? This is the order that Jesus gave in the first place. He is saying, be the bigger person. Victory comes by the, by the amount of pain you take, not by the amount of pain you inflict. It is taking that pain for the sake of reviving and surviving that relationship. There are people who are saying, I want to be on the same level, and I want to pay back, and I want to give back, and I want to attack back. When you do that, it is at the human level. When you are operating at the Christ level, it is an exercise of taking the pain for the sake of allowing that relationship to survive. How many marriages, how many friendships, how many businesses, how many partnerships would have survived if someone is willing to be the bigger person and take the pain for the sake of surviving that relationship. That was one thing that Jesus was saying. On the other hand, Jesus is encouraging us to live a life 
That is grace-oriented. Under the grace of God. Not under human capacity, human power, and human experience. Show grace. Show forgiveness. Show generosity in every relationship. Be armed. Be filled. The late Jim Nestingen, one of the respected Lutheran professors, says, let your relationship be flooded. Let the flood of grace take over your relationship. With, even with yourself. Forgive yourself. Because Christ has forgiven you. Sometimes Satan brings your own sin. You know your own shortcomings. Your own difficulties. Your own mistakes. And condemns you nonstop. But your blood, your sin is washed away. Christ has forgiven you. Christ has declared forgiveness. Your debt is paid. Your death is already taken by him. He has opened the door. He has declared forgiveness. Your room is prepared. Your door is open. Your life is in front of you. Don't be hard on yourself. Even experience grace. The same with others. Forgiving others. Being kind. Being generous with family members and with friends. The other way that Jesus is breaking down and explaining this is every relationship needs time and space to grow. We start small and the more space we give it, the more time we give it, it continues to grow. But if we decide to kill just with the first slap, we can't. But Jesus is saying, give it a chance. He's saying, it will not stop, but give it time. Give it a room, and it will grow, and it will expand, and it will spread. And the more time, and the more patience, and the more freedom, and the more forgiveness you experience, and that relationship will continue to grow. Towards the last point, Paul comes in, and Paul plainly says, do not revenge, because God is better at it than you. Give God a chance and let him interfere. Luther breaks that down in his theology of the two-hand kingdom. He says God works in two hands, the right hand and the left hand. He says the right hand of God is the kingdom of God and the church of Jesus Christ. The left hand of God is the, is the government. He says, when you let God interfere, he deals with it in the church way and in the legal way, properly and orderly. Don't take it upon yourself to resolve that issue of conflict. God knows how to resolve. God knows how to pay back. God knows how to revenge. Hallelujah. God knows how to resolve that issue. So allow God to interfere. I remember the story about Christians in China. Christians in China are highly persecuted and the Communist Party in China declared Christianity illegal and put a lot of Christian leaders under torture, under prison. But Christianity continued to grow under, underground. So they decided to go hard and they start to round up Christians after Christians and build prisons after prisons, big jails, and pack Christians in there. 
And these Christians looked around and they said, you know, when we were underground Christians, we were hiding. Now the government has provided us free room, free food, free place. And they turned those prisons into Bible schools. And the more mature Christians and the new Christians, training after training, day and night, day and night, thousands of pastors, thousands of evangelists were produced. And the Communist Party of China said, with our own money, in our own space, we allowed the expansion of Christianity. So let them loose, let them get out. God knows how to revenge. If you believe it, shout amen in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My father and one other evangelist were preaching the gospel in the remotest part of Ethiopia. My father was the preacher and the other guy was the Bible salesman. And he had a big horse and a big donkey and a load of Bible to sell. And they were going from place to place and it was very difficult. There were no believers at that time. And the militia at that time found them and said, you are not doing something that is allowed by the government, so you have to spend the night in prison. And my father and that Bible salesman went to prison. And the Bible salesman said, what an amazing opportunity to sell my Bible tonight. <laughs> they preached the gospel. Some of them bought, some of them received free Bibles. God knows how to promote the gospel. When you allow him, he knows how to retaliate. And last but not least, when somebody slaps, he says, turn the other cheek. Jesus is not just talking the talk. He is talking. He is walking the talk. That's why he's asking us to be imitators of Jesus. In the book of Isaiah chapter 53, he says, when he was persecuted, tortured, pushed around, and punished, he did not say anything. They brought a row of false testimony against him. From one court to the other, from midnight to midday that day, he appeared before court five times. All of them declared him guilty and gave him over to death. And a lot of people came and gave false testimony from religious leaders to the criminals. They gave him false testimony. They tortured him. They tore his clothes apart. They threw him. They spit on him. Eventually, they put him on the cross. They crucified him. He did not say anything. At the end, on the cross, he said, Oh God, forgive them for they don't know what they are doing. Imitators of Christ. We are called to forgive what? All kinds of inflictions against us. So that the future that God has for us is better than the past that we are wrestling with. So we have to let it go. We have to release it into the past and move into the future. Before I finish, I want to tell you a story that I have seen with my own eye about forgiveness. As, as I said, I grew up in a communist Ethiopia. For 17 years, they persecuted the church. Under our own watch at that time, they closed down 3,000 churches. Closed it down. 
And they put all pastors in prison and executed some. And I was lucky to have my father survive that. And we sometimes used to get a chance to go and see him in prison when he was a prisoner in the communist uh, uh, torture chamber. And at the end, when communism started to collapse all the way from Soviet Union to the corners of Ethiopia in the 1990s, communism collapsed. And those pastors were released from prison, including my father. And when he was released from prison, he came home and the church started to grow and the church started to just explode, filled with people. And those communist leaders were put in prison in turn. Our fathers, who were tortured to blood, who were imprisoned, who have seen so much pain inflicted on them, were the ones going back to prison, testifying Christ, giving them Holy Communion, and serving those people. At the end, when those people were released from prison, one Sunday morning exactly like this, we were worshiping in a church. Thousands of people. The church was growing at that time, and the door was closed, and worship was going on. A big knock at the door. About 40 communist cadres who used to inflict pain on our fathers were outside. They said, would you please allow us to come? We want to come and ask for forgiveness. And we want to ask and beg for God's grace. And the usher came and asked the pastor. And the pastor said, let them in. And they start to walk in. And as soon as they stepped into the church, they said, please allow us. We don't want to walk into the church. They were on their knees like this. All the way from the door to the altar. They came like this. And they lined up in front of the church. And turned to the church and said, forgive us if you have it in your heart. Forgive us if you have it in your mind. We have done so much. And the church knows. Because Christ has said, do not revenge. The church could have gone to court and say, give them life sentence. Give them this sentence. They have done this. They have looted. They have killed. They have tortured. They have shut down the church. But at that time, the church stood up and gave them a hug and welcomed them back. And the cycle of revenge was broken through the power of the blood of Jesus. Give him glory in the house of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Dear brothers and sisters. I know we've dealt with a difficult topic. You're going into holidays. You're going into Thanksgiving. You're going into Christmas, exchanging gifts and good words and good wish. And you are preparing to receive a new chapter in your life. 2024 is on its way, coming. Let's not march into the new season, into the new year, carrying any kind of bitterness, any kind of anger, any kind of revenge, any kind of retaliation. It doesn't matter how deep the pain is. It doesn't matter how deep the betrayal is. Be in Christ's shoes. Be in Christ's grace. Release forgiveness. And pray that the world will also exercise and experience forgiveness. Let's pray for Russia and Ukraine. 
for Israel and Palestine, for Sudan, for Syria, for Yemen, for Ethiopia, even for what is going on throughout the United States. The rate of suicide, the rate of depression, the rate of addiction, the rate of divorce, the rate of breakups, the rate of all kinds of inflictions. Let us pray that the power of Jesus Christ through the power of forgiveness would go out releasing people from that bondage into freedom. My wish and my prayer, my prophecy, my decree this morning is that all of us will go into 2024 with an absolute freedom of the Spirit to welcome the new season of our life, free from all kinds of pain and bondage, welcoming the new season of our life. If that is what God is pushing you and nudging you and encouraging you, receive it by shouting amen in the house of God. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Almighty and everlasting Father, I pray this morning that your people who have been under this voice would find it in their heart to ask for forgiveness and to give forgiveness. To start breaking the cycle of revenge and to claim the, declare, the declaration of Christ's victory. To mimic and to Imitate Jesus Christ and follow the way of Jesus. Thank you for allowing us to be in this community, in the community of forgiveness, in the community of grace, and more importantly, in the community of power and the Holy Spirit. I pray this prayer and I welcome a new season in our life with the victorious power and with the forgiving power of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. If you love him, if you believe in him, if you depend on him, give him the loudest clap and the loudest amen in the house of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. He is good. He is good forever. Hallelujah. Amen.